Um, good afternoon. Um, it is four o'clock on my side and I see all our guests have joined. So good afternoon to everyone um, on this Standard Bank Twitter space. Um, thank you for joining us. My name is Sam the Challenger, um, also known as the Habits Guy to most of us who are listening here. Um, today, I'm here in a different capacity um, as a man and, and as a husband and as a father. And the reason why I mentioned these roles is because the topic that we're going to be discussing today, you know, my gender is responsible for perpetuating gender-based violence um, in this country. And this is something we need to take collective accountability for, you know, myself and my, you know, male counterpart. Um, I'm joined by my co-host, um, Leroy Jason, a well-known photographer who has worked closely with he, um, the hashtag Hear Her Voice campaign. Um, he has been capturing images, stories of women who, are, who have been affected um, by this issue, issue, and he is an activist in his own right. Um, the issue of GBV affects women, but it is meted out by us men. And so we have a male panel today, and we, we are open to the audience to challenge and help us to navigate the conversations um, that we're going to be having today and even hold us accountable um, to the realities that we are faced with um, today. Hi, everyone. Uh, it's Leroy. Uh, yeah, so we also joined, not completely by an all-male cast, we've got uh, Janine Jeller, who is also joining us, uh, one of the speakers who will, be, who will offer a valuable contribution to this conversation. Um, just before we kind of start, I do think that the responsible thing is to start to to warn everyone and give a trigger warning for some of the subject matters we will be doing today. Will have will be of a delicate nature and maybe uh, distribute or disturbing in its context. So while we'll try to at all times tackle the subject with appropriate sensitivity, we do not. We, we we do not need to well we do need to offer a warning to those out there who, are, who may find this discussion of this nature difficult to hear. Sam, so as as mentioned, we do have um, three other guests on on the space today. Um, we are joined by Tabo Mulaisi from the Dope Black um, CIC. Um, this is a community organization that is designed to improve the outcomes of Black people globally. Um, but not limited to the black community. And he will be giving us an opinion on where we are and, and what he believes may be the solutions and the link um, between money and gender relations. And where the issue of gender, B, gender sorry, GBV intersects, intersects, intersects with that. And we also have Vuzi Tabakulu, um, who is the regional coordinator for Sonke Gender, uh, gender Justice, an organization he, um, he joined in 2018. He was instrumental in the establishment of PPASA, he will be sharing with us um, what he believes the role of men in the scourge, um, in this scourge, with his vast knowledge in gender issues and reproductive health. And lastly, we'll be joined by um, Carpo Moore, a well-known personality and a in the music industry, with his entertainment in uh, industry lens fixed on GBV. Um, so, um, uh, it was one of many other things, but largely and strongly in our country. Uh, I just want to, with all of these guests um, and all these speakers, I just want to welcome everyone and thank you for joining us for the important, for this important uh, Twitter space session. If you would like to join the conversation, please use the hashtag um, hear her voice and, and also tag Standard Bank SA on Twitter. The issue is complex and amongst, amongst any, everything else is uncomfortable to speak of, but it's 
it is a discussion that we need to have. Definitely, definitely. So to our, our panel members, our, our guests, welcome. Um, and I think as, as, a, as a moving point or as a starting point, um, we do all agree. You know, I mean, it, it's all there in the news headlines. It's all there in the Twitter trends um, that our country is largely patriarchal and maybe even sexist. Um, and, and, and I just wanted to ask the, the gens, you know, Taboko and Vusi and even, you know, Leroy or Kapo to, to jump in, you know, do you, do you think that this is, co- is a contributing factor to the current state of GBV? Um, should I start or Kapo, would you like to say anything? I mean, Janine, I mean, I have, I've got a strong viewpoints. I mean, I've been struck, I've been I've been working on on um, this body of work called The War on Women Must Fall for the past couple of years. And um, there, there's been a few numbering a numbering factors that silence, uh, silence women. Uh, so I would want you guys to go in first and then from there we can meet out um, the, the rest. Okay, maybe let me give it a go. Um, after to, to the panel and to so I think certainly, you know, patriarchy as a social construct has got everything to do with what we're seeing in the world happening today. Um, not just in gender-based violence, but just in gender relations across the board. Uh, you know, what I what I have seen um, happen in my own personal experience is that, you know, the the, the meaning of patriarchy is is circled around privilege and power. Uh, privilege by virtue can be you know, bestowed upon you by, by the system within, within which you operate, um, or it can be generated, you know, based on your own actions. Um, and for me, where, where it becomes interesting is, is the power dynamic that patriarchy has created based on that privilege, is that for too many years and too many centuries, men have been left to their own vices to basically create the parameters for success, the parameters for who gets to participate in the economy, who gets to make a contribution in the home, across all the various aspects of society. And as such, those rules have been to the detriment of men. The outcome that we see is if you look at just the socioeconomic or sociopolitical um, outputs, um, you know, you will see that women, particularly black African women, you know, are the most disenfranchised. And that is because of the strength of this patriarchal system um, that pivots itself against privilege and power. Um, it embeds itself in structural gender inequality that has become extremely violent. And in the space where men continue to try to uh, usurp and, and, and attach themselves to that power and not get, uh, rather let go of that privilege, um, that is where a lot of the violence, I think, is met, meted out. Um, I think the world is changing, and the world is changing at a faster rate than what men are willing to do the work for. Um, and on the other side, you've got women who for centuries have been consistently investing in themselves psychologically, socially, relationship-wise, um, that has had an impact on the quality of relate- relatability that they have mm. to the world. My experience is that the work, men are not doing the work fast enough as quickly as the environment around them is changing. And as such, there's a friction between how we define ourselves and the world that exists around us. And that's how we see the violence that we see out there um, on a daily basis. I think you, you touch on important um, um, issues, Um Just 
the two things that I really want you to go um, into detail with is the privilege light, right? Do you think that male privilege is is what makes us not to want to improve on ourselves? Because of you did mention that, you know, women have been investing, you know, and making sure that they are improving in their relationships, they're improving and knowing themselves better, you know, and even going to therapy for an example. Mm. Um, do you think that that male privilege kind of blinds us, you know, to 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 our issues that we need to deal with? Absolutely. Uh, you know, privilege is comfort. Uh, and, you know, we even come up with these uh, terms like if, it's, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm. Um, you know, if, if you sit within yourself, you're not going to be able to see the damage and the, and the you know, the, the damage that you create. There isn't a compelling external event that's going to push you to create chaos in your own life so that you can grow and you can you can develop as, as a human being. We don't naturally as human beings invite chaos in our own lives and therefore men are not you know there is no incentive for men to to basically you know break privilege uh because it comes with discomfort it comes with loss of power it comes with loss of privilege uh which is what we're seeing and the response is, is the violence that we see out there so uh you know you also you also sorry well yeah who who is that it was me um you know when uh nice uh, my brother said about power. Yeah, it's you know when my brother said about power. You know, also I've noticed a lot of of, of men out there, especially the ones who have um, um a money. You know, I'm not saying all men. You know, but the ones who have Come money on. is that um I've noticed I've seen it. You know, where uh, 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 us men will invite um a, a woman to, to to a place, right? And you ha- you the man, you have the money. Right, you invited the person to come to, to with you to have a good time with you, and 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 when when, the, when you get there now you want to have that power, use that power of your money to treat that person, that uh, the, the girl or, or the woman, as if she's uh, a nobody. You know what I'm saying? So that's one of the things I always see a lot, you know. And I've seen like why do why do men like doing that? You know, like um, um, um you invite the person to come and have fun with you. The next thing you telling that person. That I want a sugar. I want to sit down. I want don't dance. I want to. You know what I'm saying? Because you know that you have the power of the money in your pocket, and that thing. That's one of the things that I've always noticed that a lot will always use power to to to, to on, on on ladies who are uh, who don't have anything. You know what I mean? And 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 yeah. that's one thing that when when it comes to the power. But but you you come on, uh, I mean now that you guys are speaking about power and uh, don't you think this is this instilled idea of power has also has has come through the the through the medium of culture? Um do you I mean there's a lot of the, you know I, I mean we've all gone to family functions and we've all seen um you know males that don't deserve to be served be served you know um there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that we 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 hold on to and we consider as african and the things that we don't hold then and we let go of certain cultural things um that is not as detrimental as what what this particular thing is perpetuating in our in our community mm. You know, uh, with that, you know, I feel like, you know, I just had a discussion with someone now, now before we went in. Um, you know, with, with, um, with I, I feel like it's, it's, it's the way you were raised at home. You know what I mean? Mm. And 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 um, 
uh, the lady I was speaking to now, she says, um, you know, we need to learn how to uh, 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 teach our kids. You know what I'm saying? We need to teach our kids that, you know, this is wrong, this is right. And now we have uh, the cultural thing where a woman has to go down, you know, like, you know, and then the man has to feel like he has power, right? He has the, he has the, what he's the, you, the man has, I'm the man, you know, I say what, what jumps and I say what goes down. You know what I mean? And that thing really is the way we are taught at home. But, you know, with, with, with the cultural thing. I mean, you know, the thing is, I, I get that sometimes, you know, it is about what we what we are taught at home. But there's some things that you step out of how, the house and then you get to observe different things and you learn these new tricks and traits. Because, I mean, I, just for example, I did a family, I did um, a land reforms project many years ago. And I photographed and I was supposed to photograph all these people that got given different portions of land and males and females got given land. But then when it was time to to have decision making on where, because basically it was like a, a massive farm that was divided up into 90 portions and everyone got, so I had to shoot 90 family portraits basically. And women got, got uh, properties and males got properties. But then when it was, uh, and they have to contribute the, the 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 earnings of of what has been created on that farm to the bigger farm, so that they can use that as buying power on on the stock exchange. But now, when it came to the decision making on where the direction the business would go, the, in the kraal there was only men, and I mean, you know, it, it's hard to also, it's hard to, it's hard to convince, even though you might have grown up in a different way of thinking, you know, but. Uh, outside of that, the environment does is not is not conducive because it it falls under this idea the the ideology that cu- culturally the men make decisions. You know. Yeah, I, I think it's, if we if we go back to to the question that you are asking, which is the impact of tradition and culture on what we are seeing today. You know, um, I think there's definitely value in traditional knowledge systems being passed on from generation to generation. I think there is a wisdom that comes with, you know, people haven't gone through time and found ways of living that have allowed us to survive until today. Um, You know, there are some cultural practices which are completely outdated and should be transformed and should evolve with time, as I spoke about in in, in the earlier point. If, If we think about culture by definition, culture is the collective it's a definition, it's, it's, a, it's a collective behavior of a people, mm. right? Mm. But because of patriarchy, what has happened is the rules of the game have been shaped by a specific gender who were trying to protect themselves and put themselves at the apex. And so they created rules like the woman must be at home. Her job must be to rear children and to keep you know, a man's bedroom oh. and to feed the family, mm. right? All of that nonsense, those rules of engagement were done to protect the men's privilege. The idea and and how that then gets translated into the day and day experience is that we then see kind of these subtle nuances of what intelligence means and who has that intelligence. All of a sudden, you know, uh, a woman cannot hold a high position or or deal with money or, you know, run a household because they are deemed to be less intelligent than a man. Now, that perception or that conception was developed by men to put women in, in a position of disempowerment and inequality. Now, if, if, if you translate that into a daily experience and the frustration that I believe women are going through on a daily basis is to dislodge and break those precepts and those conditions of engagement 
that say that women are this and women must do that. You know, I think gone are the days where men must define the rules of the game. Mm. It's about stepping back and stepping out and creating a space for equal, um, you know, uh, interaction when it comes to setting the rules of the game. Mm. Um, mm. I think the three things that stand out is there's culture, cultural practices that are totally wrong, which need to be taken out of. So for me, for example, like, you know, um, the mutilation of uh, female genitalia as a form of uh, circumcision. For me, that is a cultural practice in my personal view that should be that is wrong and that should be taken out. Then there are distortions of culture where people take culture and change it to suit their own agenda. Mm. We see that happen so many times where there's valuable nuggets that are useful, but because you know it's been distorted, it now bastardizes very important aspects of culture. And then the last one is misinterpretation of culture, where we take certain things and we misconstrue what they were meant uh, in terms of building you know, communities. The concept of matriarchs, for example, and their role in communities is such a powerful one, mm. which is embedded in the African culture, but it's never been understood properly and embedded in such a way that empowers us to be much better than we, we are currently. Mm. Mm, definitely, definitely agree, Tabojo. I think you you mentioned that we 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 need to you know step back, and I'm gonna come back to you, um um in terms of how as males we 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 can step back, right? Um, I just wanna give Janine. I I think she's she's raised her hands. I just wanna give Janine an opportunity to speak. Um, Janine, you're on mute. You can you can speak. I did see the hand. Hi. Can everyone hear me quite clearly? Yes. Perfect. Yeah, we can. Okay. Perfect. Hi, everyone. Hi, um, okay, so I mean, I'm coming to you today feeling very hurt, and I think um, I probably speak for many women who are on this space, you know, just given the developments of the last 12 hours, 24 hours, whatever you want to call it, um, and what we've seen play out, you know, in real life and on social media. It's really been a triggering experience, um, and I find it almost ironic that these things almost always come to light during Women's Month or 16 Days of Activism. Um, you know, I don't want to speak too much today. I think we need the ball in the men's court hmm. on this one. Um, I also speak for many women when I say we have spoken our voices worse. Hmm. We have fought, hmm. we have argued, um, we have been in the streets, we have begged, we have pleaded, you know. Um, and if we want to intellectualize this, I tweeted this and I stand by it. You know, we understand certain things through the prism of white supremacy. We live in a white supremacist world. We understand that all oppression of marginalized people benefits the oppressor. Whether the oppressor, whether the person is actively participating or not, white privilege exists. We understand that. <clears throat> Same rule applies in this patriarchal world in which we live. All oppression of women benefits men in South Africa. Whether the men are the rapists and abusers or not, all men benefit from the oppression of women in South Africa, mm -hmm. right? Definitely. So whether that is eliminating us as economic competition, sidelining us in society, hoarding and maintaining power, every single man benefits by the fact that rapists and perpetrators of gender-based violence keep us, quote-unquote, in our place. This is not a women's issue. This is a national crisis. The perpetrators, as you very well said, of this are men. I really would like 
men who usually in society claim to be the people who are solutions driven, the leaders, the ones who drive the economy, the ones who drive our political system. This is your opportunity to show us what amazing problem solvers you are and fix this problem. We as women can no longer take responsibility for the actions of our abusers. So the ball is very firmly in your court. And I am very interested to hear how you guys are thinking this through and solving this problem. I cannot do it anymore. So, you know, it's so funny you say this. So because my my body of work that with Standard Bank um, was going to be exhibited tomorrow, but it got postponed for COVID. And, and the title of that series of work is called The War and Woman Must Fall. It's part of a whole series of mine called The, the Everything Must Fall. And part of, um, and when I was, when I did this body of work on the war on women, uh, I needed, I wanted, well, this body of work was there to show men how and how to identify that this is a war against women. I mean, I've seen the same thing. Um, I've seen the same thing in all, all these different spaces where, where, where people have been engineered to be against um, individuals. Economically, we've displaced women. Um, like you've, you've mentioned, all of the fact, facts that you've You've, you've mentioned is exactly what what was covered in this body of work to to demonstrate how men have even if you think to yourself that I'm you know when I started this body of work I, I was confronted by my sister and she's kept on saying I'm sexist and I didn't realize I was saying a lot of sexist things um you know I can't swear on this this line but but uh, I was saying sexist things and I didn't understand what made me i had to deconstruct who i was and re uh, i needed to put myself back together with the understanding that what i'm doing is is perpetuating the death of 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 people that are next to me while i was doing this body of work in order for me to illustrate it better i realized the fundamental problem was the gender idea the idea that you are you you know, and that's when the, the, the birth of gender must fall came about. But in order for, for most men to get it into their minds of what they are doing, um, from their actions to the conversations to, to little nudges and the hoot or the jokes or the hoots, um, you know, we live in a society where women are not safe. And it says a lot about a country where a woman can't walk in the street at three o'clock in the morning, like any other country in the world. I mean, I, I, I was telling the, the gents, or people, I tell a lot of people of the story where I was I was stuck in Congo. But I, I mean, what? And most people think that is a dark continent, but it's one of the most safest places on that that I've ever been to. Um, and and what I witnessed there is that women walk could walk at three o'clock in the morning, untouched, unharmed, and it just says a, a lot about the mental health of our country. Um, you know, we need to do a lot of soul searching. Um, we need to do a lot of therapy and we need to do a lot of deconstruction. That's why I touched on the, the issue on about culture, because I think we hide behind the idea of culture. And if we dis, we, 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 we uh, dislocate the idea that you're not a man. If you can't consider yourself an African, let alone a man, um, if you you hide behind the idea of culture, mm. you know we have to discons. We need to dis disannounce and dis 
disassociate ourselves and recreate a new form of culture, a culture that is completely inclusive, a, a culture that that says that if I am at a at a function, I'm not going to sit down with other men and and join them to eat meat. I'm going to be in the kitchen and cleaning up with everyone else that have have contributed to the the, the contribution to to the growth and the health of our country. And that's where it starts. Definitely. So also, Janine, I think we, we, we take the challenge um, that you pose to us that as as men, you know, as the perpetuators of GBV, of the violence against women and children, you know, we, we need to come up with solutions. And I, I'd like to um, ask Tebuko maybe to come in here and Tebuko, yes. you know, in some of the work that you have done, you know, for, 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 for the community, you know, what are some of the initiatives that you have seen that are working, you know, in, in small pockets that obviously that we, we, we can actually roll out and, and, and push more of these initiatives, you know, to stop this because of we, we are the problem and then we need to come up with the solution yeah thanks for the question and and janine you know i i hear your pain and the past few days you know not just talking about um you know what we saw on ig and i won't say her name just so that we protect you know people but there's you know there was a, a ruling just yesterday you know of a, a gentleman or a, rather a man who, who who got 25 years for having killed a woman and chopped her up into pieces and put her, her body parts all over town. I think part and parcel of why I raised this is that the first thing that, that takes me aback is that we've become a uh, kind of reactive based on um, outrage, right? So it's only when it is outrageous that we are jolted into action. And on a daily basis, the, the issues uh, and, and the challenges and, and the onslaught against women uh, kind of, you know, competes with the voices of unemployment, inequality and poverty. Um, and I think if we can shift away from being so outraged, yes, what is happening is outrageous. But our response, I think, if it goes in in kind of these peaks and troughs, that's the beginning of the inconsistency of being able to stay connected to the issue. The second thing for me is... We haven't quantified the problem because men haven't been given the tools to understand how much damage they've caused. Um, you know, we, we, we listen, but we are not feeling the pain, the fatigue, the fear that women go through. And sometimes, you know, you almost have to have a taste of the lived experience of what a woman goes through and then hopefully sit in that and, and think about if I multiplied this by 100, I would only feel what it feels like to be a woman in South Africa mm. for a week. You know, so there's there's almost like these lived experiences that are missing in the man's experience that just are dislocating us from being able to be empathetic mm. about what it is that a woman goes through on a daily basis. So quantifying the size of the problem uh, is is the issue. Mm. The third thing that that I think is 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 an issue is that the reason why we are here is that men have always gone into solutioning. It's almost as if you know the ego comes into play. And because we have been given the space, we just solution away. Mm. I think the important thing is sometimes to stand still mm. and just look around and see what is burning so that you can understand what you're solving for. Mm. Otherwise, I think we're going to create more damage than harm. And, and I understand that there's expediency because the pandemic is right here. The death and the killing of women is at our doorstep. And it's almost like we don't have the opportunity to think about this and, and kind of introspect. But it's almost like we have to try to do both things at the same time. To answer your question, um, Sam, to be a little bit more concise, you know, for me, the work is about creating a toolbox that allows men to be more connected to the lived experience of women. 
And that toolbox comes in the form of language. It comes in the form of shared experiences. It comes in the form of being able to sit in silence and listen very carefully to what is the damage that we've caused. And it's also the therapy of understanding what is the contribution that I, Deboho, as Project A, have contributed to the plight of women in this country. Yeah. I think we see the problem outside of ourselves and not within ourselves. Mm. And therefore, we're fixing other men's problems. It's those mm. guys that are trash. Mm -hmm. It's those guys that are violating women. But when you look at the spectrum of gender-based violence and the nuances, I'm tempted to say every single man that I know personally is a perpetrator of gender-based violence. And yet they don't see themselves as part of the solution. So part of the work that I like to do with Dope Black and the Dope Black Dads is to sit in the space a little bit longer and to think a little bit more about what are, what, what are we, what contribution are we making? What impact are we having on a daily basis based on the men that we show up as? You know, that, that there's so many different intersections of being a man in South Africa. We are black, we are men, we are fathers, we are professionals, we are husbands. And all those different intersections have got different nuances in terms of how we show up on a daily basis. You've got dads who are fantastic, but abusive husbands. You've mm -hmm. got fantastic husbands that neglect their children, you know, and, and you've got this complexity that we need to kind of, you know, understand mm -hmm. and, and, and figure out. But, you know, I know I'm being long-winded, but I think the point of it all is that if we rush to fix the problem mm -hmm. without understanding our impact and contribution to the problem, we might do more damage than we have done, which will be completely catastrophic to, mm -hmm. to, to the outcome of society. And, and you know it's so so funny. I mean, you've raised so many amazing points there, Deboho. I mean, it's it, it's not only um, you know. There's two things that I you know I took from that as well. You know, they say that a man only knows consent when he's in jail, and uh, the lived experience, uh, or or um, or understand the lived experience of women when they have daughters. You know, um, I'll, I'll, so. Ideally, there's the there's this culture of consent. I think that we need to also start start um, start creating, not even start creating, but ideally uh, making sure that we we instill in everyone around us. I want you to find out, and then the other thing that you 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 also touched on is um, ways in which we can go about kind of rooting out this problem. There was once the, um, the the attempt of doing the cancel culture. Obviously, was that something that 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 um, that assisted and and has it even has it really worked this cancel culture? Kapo, do you want to answer that? Maybe I don't know. Hello. Um, I'm not sure yeah. if, if Copper's online, but as, as soon as he's ready mm. to speak, I'm happy to sit back down. Yeah. I just want to make sure that we can, you know, take up yeah. the space and, yeah. and not waste yeah. people's no, time. Definitely, definitely. Um, okay, Copper, when you're ready, please just uh, step in. I'll, I'll keep quiet when you're ready. Um, but, you know, cancel culture for me is, it seems, it seems too opportunistic. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, for me, I, I don't subscribe to cancel culture because I don't believe that you can, you know, build a, a, a nation and a community on that basis. You can't ostracize people and kind of, you know, rule them out and send them to some island where they are not going to be engaged and there must be these human beings that must live on Mars and that the world doesn't engage with. Mm. You know, like I said, these people are, are husbands, they are fathers, they are 
friends. They are they, they are interconnected in this fabric of society on a daily basis. Um, and people have got very complex relationships with these very you know perpetrators that that commit commit these crimes. That's why you will have a court full of family members supporting a rapist and mm. a person who's killed somebody's yeah. daughter. You know, you ask yourself, what kind of family would do that? I mean, you know, you think that the courtroom was empty and they're not there to support this person, but here we are, here they are, and, and that's the reality we find ourselves. So for me, cancel culture is just too simple of a solution in, in dealing with a very complex societal problem. That That's the first thing. Number two, I do believe in rehabilitation. rehabilitation. I think that the the, the 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 wrongs that people commit are examples of what areas we need to develop in as a society. And we need to do the work of helping those people step into a space of being rehabilitated and then get into a space where they are better, you know, for having done what they have done. That said, we must meet out the harshest sentences which are commensurate to the things that happen to yeah. our people. And you know, the fact that a woman gets slaughtered mm. and killed, and then that that man gets twenty five years. For me, is 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 horrible, and, you know. And then they're eligible for parole at fourteen years, and all this other nonsense. Mm. Th those are the prescripts of a patriarchal system of rules written by men who have never mm. been violated. And, a woman who would be in charge of the pen to write the rules of what happens to a man who rapes a child yeah. would write a, a different set of rules. And that's the new world that we need to create where women can be at the forefront of shaping society um, for, for the better. But, you know, just to close off around cancel culture, um, I, you know, I, I think instead of cancel culture, bringing the people into light and saying, look, you are the perpetrator and this is what you have done. Mm. These are the steps that you need to take in getting yourself into a place where you can retain the compassion and the empathy of society and let us help you walk that path if you're willing to commit. That, for me, is a lot more useful than saying, let's cancel this guy and figure out where he's going to land. There were a quick one. I, I know you also just touched on the justice system. Would you say that the, the reason why cancel culture is so rife is because of our justice system is so soft on, mm. on abusers, it's so soft on, you know, male violence against women? Mm. Um, because, I mean, most of us know Right. If you go to a police station to report rape, for an example, or to even um, um, report um, your husband abusing you, mm. you know, some of the police officers would actually laugh at you and say, this is a family matter. Go solve it with the elders. Mm. Right. So do you think that the, the, the vacuum that our justice system has created, as you have mentioned, that, you know what, these these, you know, um, 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 abusers do not see, you know, that what they are doing, you know, is actually a crime. Therefore, you know, people's response is to canceling them because of the justice won't. The justice system won't do its job. Mm -hmm. I think. I think it's smack on. Um, the justice system has failed our women. It continues mm. to do so mm. on a daily basis. Mm. And so, women are trying to find all sorts of, you know, um, interventions to try to have their voices heard, but to also try to receive justice. You know, even even the the, the whole movement, the Me Too campaign, and the Men Are Trash campaign. That, for me, is a cry for help. It's a cry of frustration. It's a cry of complete and utter, you know, like they've just so, so they they felt like they've done everything. And now all they can do is just ask anybody to shut up, you know. Um, and, and, and I think what we need to do as, as men is we need to do the work that can give women the trust 
that they can be empathetic again about you know men um and and i think that's what happens right i think what happens is in the face of men doing work work that is meaningful that impacts women at a, at a tangible level women are willing to listen they're willing to say you know what i've seen what you do i've seen that you are trash ne? but i can see that you're stepping up you're stepping in and you're making a, a contribution to be better and therefore when you err i can give you a little bit of time to say uh what you did was wrong and i'm trying to uh, i'm willing to to lend a hand that's the empathy that is available when you start to be a part of the solution but for those men who kind of do mansplaining and mm. you know mm. uh you know remove the conversation and blame the victim yeah. and become part of the problem there's no space for empathy for that and that's why women are just like i'm going to cancel you i'm going to i'm going to mute you because you've shown no inclination to want to be part of the solution and to work on yourself so that i'm i'm you know able to 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 have But, a human engagement you know there was a, you know you know I'm, i don't know i really honestly think that you know i i'm i even i thanked the 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 women around in in my community and and the the people that had kind of brought the brought men or trash into into my environment it really evolved the way men i mean especially the men that i i w- w- worked around it evolved how they started thinking they started becoming a bit more conscious when they were ostracized and they were pointed out and and they were told that they were trash because now they had to in, uh, introspect and understand what does it make why does it make me trash what am i saying mm. that makes me trash so so canceling gives an opportunity for people to to introspect whether or not they i mean we've we, i mean what witnessing what happened yesterday in the interview i saw yesterday didn't seem like somebody was who, who was going through who has reformed themselves and understood what made them a trash individual instead they were still being given another platform and an opportunity to display their trashness so 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 for me I think you know calling uh, calling people out you know uh, it does help those individuals that need to be reformed because the thing is that the, the, we can speak as a collective but there's a lot of there's a lot of bad apples in in this collective and those col- those apples will need to be cast out and go and shown a, a place for them to go and get reformed and we will give them a, an opportunity for them just as as much as people have given people that have been called trash an opportunity for them to to say listen i now understand what has made me trash what i need to do to change myself and how i can contribute and become an ally to this movement because the problem is we're not getting allies to this movement we're getting people who defend defend their their actions and that is the unfortunate part i mean i'm just reading janine's response on twitter now she's like look she's burnt she's hurt she just wants to listen and 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 i truly i truly understand and would like you said tibs we we understand where that frustration is and she's right this this problem lies with us and we need to be re- rehabilitating ourselves internally um so yes, and can i can i add something there yes you know uh, sam i'm right um um You know a couple of months ago two months ago so sorry uh my girl right uh she was in a, a uber a, a boat and the boat was hijacked right my girlfriend was in the boat and i get a call at half past seven and my girlfriend is crying i've never heard my girl she's crying so much right and she said they pointed her with a gun and they wanted everything that she has on her 
and then uh, I went. I ran. Straight, I went straight to the police station. I drove to the police station. Uh, when I got there, and I, I got my way. I, I pick her up, go home, and I say, "Yo, did you open a case?" She's like, "Ah, uh, no. I just I don't want to deal with this thing now because I don't feel safe." You know. And I said, "No, but you need to you need to open up one." And then um, the following day, she went to the police station. But uh, she got uh, escorted by two uh, policemen to go to the place where. They feel like the the stuffs are the, the stuff are there. Can I tell you that my girlfriend said to me that the policeman said to her, she started grab the policeman started grabbing her thighs. Jeez. Two males grabbed my girlfriend's thighs, right? And they said to her, "What are you wearing under there?" So, and she said to me that couple. The people that we're supposed to look for help from are the ones who are, who are that we are scared of. You get what I''m saying that's guys? Heavy, 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 heavy. and that's that's something that really really hurt me as a man, and I said, how can this two people idiots uh, um, do such a thing when someone is crying for help and they can't even help that person that person was pointed with a gun and she was traumatized. And when she goes to look for help, they start harassing her. What are you wearing under there? Two policemen at at um, uh, the police station in Deep Slough. Where uh, where are help if the people who are they are looking help for are, are doing those um, 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 nasty, stupid things? Yeah. Man, that's hectic, hectic, hectic. And, and uh, man, I, I don't even know what, you know, the, there's also like, yeah. Uh, I mean, how how do we cousa ourselves here? Mm. You know? Yeah. But but the thing is, we just need to quickly add, I mean, if you guys want to uh, tag and also share your stories and mm. sh uh, also assist us with finding solutions amongst ourselves uh, or know of organizations, please tag, um, uh, please tag uh, Standard Bank. Uh, as well as the hashtag, use the hashtag. Yeah, uh, hashtag hear her voice. Yeah. Um, and and I think, gents, um, uh, one other thing that I wanted also to bring to the table is, you know, Elia on spoke about the, you know, the connections that we do have with people that we know who are abusers, who are rapists, because of they are part of the community, right? They they are our fathers, you know, they are uncles. Some of them are our friends. Some of them are our managers at work, right? So so so. In terms of, as, as we were speaking about cancel culture, you know, because of I think that a lot of the cancel culture is online, right? In terms of physically, how do we manage that? Do you, you know, when you hear that, you know, your your, your brother, you know, has been convicted of this crime or is doing this to, to, to his wife, the girlfriend, um, what do you do as a man? Um, the, what, what would be the right way to, to approach that? Do you disassociate? Um, do you do you do you support the victim? You know, as as would be expected. Do you stay close to this family member? What is expected? Because of we do know also, you know that you know a lot of GBV it is entrenched and driven by family, right? Where you find the mother protecting the son, right? Or even the family, the siblings protecting their their own brother, you know, and not wanting anything, even destroying evidence and even discrediting, you know, the woman or you know the victim. I mean, can I just add to that, man? I had a massive argument after doing this body of work. Um, I came back home because obviously my I came from in a very abusive background and I confronted my father again because I'm always quick to remind him that, hey, this is what you did in this culture. It needs to stop with you. And then he was saying that because 
you know, uh, initially uh, or earlier, Tebojo spoke about how we can part, we're passing down these different mm. traditions. But, you know, ideally, we need to start developing a new culture and, and, and a, a new Africanism uh, across the board from ge- all gender, uh, color, all of that stuff. But, but ideally, um, he, and then his response was that he, he can't learn from his son. And, I, and my first question was, but who taught you how to use WhatsApp? You know what I mean, if you're willing to to learn something based for your survival, why can't you learn this as an individual? You know, there's there's a lot of like things that people are doing to hide behind the idea that they they can evolve into something new. It's because we are most males or our, the the male species are afraid of what they're about to become. You know, but yeah, back to your point. Vusi does Vusi yeah. wanna Vusi wanna say something? Is Vusi here? I think he's struggling with connection. Oh. I think he's been, you know, being a speaker and, and so forth. He's he's on and offline. I think you can go on to when, when it comes to we'll, we'll give him an opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Sam, the question you asked about families is is is, is your it's I think that is therein lies probably one of our biggest challenges and issues is that families, especially African families, love to protect the perpetrator. It is and, and because gender-based violence in most cases is meted out by people within a family, whether it's close family friends or uncles, fathers, brothers, cousins, etc., it is probably one of the most burning platforms that we need to solve. Um, and, and I hate to bring up patriarchy again because, you know, I think, you know, we, we've spoken about that. But it is on that basis that, you know, something that is wrong Oh, when a man has done something wrong, we must call a family meeting, we must discuss this thing and find mitigating circumstances to explain why his behavior is such. And we will deal with uh, Lebaka or the issue on the side. Mm. You know, we will silence the victim. Mm. Uh, she was too young. We, we can't be, you know, you know uh, throwing the name of the family out into the dogs and the implications of what this means as a family brand, you know, etc., etc. All of those things are based on the rules that men have put in place to protect themselves and their privilege. Things like the family name, things like, you know, all of the things that I've mentioned are all about patriarchy. Second point for me is the way that I think we should show up is, as difficult as it is for me to say this, we have to believe the victim from the onset. I mean, we we have seen the evidence, the numbers suggest that Pound for pound on a balance of probabilities, women, number one, don't use abuse and, and rape and allegations as a basis for trying to, you know, um, revenge yeah. over somebody, yeah. right? That's the first thing. Number two, we've seen that perpetrators are usually within the proximity of the home, that the statistics show us that. You know, number three, we know that the system that we operate in, the social, political, legal, and, and economic system is geared to protect the man. So if you go to court and you are suspected to have raped somebody, the likelihood is that the justice system, based on the the corruption that you're going to push, the people you're going to speak to, the judge who's going to be sitting there, are going to pull a verdict that is going towards your favor. That is why we believe her is such an important thing, because it tries to swing the balance of probabilities towards the side of the victim. And so when that happens within the family setting, as young men, who are trying to change the construct of family relations, uh, Jace, um, 
um, uh, uh, Leroy, as you said. Mm. That is where it starts. It's about repositioning the role of the victim in the family, in the African family. And that's a difficult thing to do because we're not seen as the elders. We've mm. got fathers and grandfathers and uncles yeah. who occupy the center, you know, of the onion from a decision-making point of view. And so you have to rally, you know, your, your male cousins and your female cousins around this internal transformation that has to happen that says that we're not going to do things this way. And if you're going to do things this way, these are the consequences. What is it going to take for me as Tebuho, when my uncle rapes someone, for me to be the first one to go and lay the case at the police station? That is the key question. Um, and as I said, these intersections of having different relationships with people make this so difficult. And I don't want to sound like, you know, it's a romantic and, and that it's easy to do. Because in a lot of cases, these people mean something to us. These are our favorite cousins. These are the cousins who paid for you to go to school, the uncle who helped you get your first driver's license. And now you must go and stand up against that very same person. The reason, but the, the thing is you have to do it because the victim is an, is an, an even more disadvantaged position than you are. At least you have a voice. So we have to try to utilize that voice. True. Um, yeah, 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 you're right. Using using our voices is one thing, but also the type of language is is another thing. Um, you know what we you know we need to also I think another solution and another thing that we need to pinpoint is the type of language used amongst uh, um, amongst describing things. Um, you know the idea of using our our woman, mm. um, you know, all. Wh when do you think that women will be able to separate? Uh, um, when will women earn the right of of, of protecting uh, protection separate from their relationship status and men? Does it make sense to you? Yeah, yeah, I hear that, and I think I'm, I'm I've been guilty of that on this on this uh, on this space. Uh, and I must apologize. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, it's the, there's such an automatic way in which we we communicate, and we don't know how embedded this 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 idea um, is within our head that is even embedded in the language. And language is absolutely important. You know, some time ago, I spent time um, with someone who was teaching me about this idea of possessive language. Um, you know, the, 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 the idea of calling them our women um, is actually uh, quite toxic, especially if the context is not understood. Um, but I then got confused. I was like, okay, so when I speak about um, the person I'm married to, do I say my wife? And if I say my wife, mm. am I extending the analogy of ownership um, in the, relate, the relationship that I have with my wife? So mm. do I now stop saying uh, this is my wife? Uh, and this is how I feel about her. Or is there a space that says, well, you can speak about your partner like that if the context is right. You know, mm -hmm. so it also starts to get a bit confusing as to when these rules apply and when they don't apply. For example, to call somebody, to call a woman a lady in certain spaces is, not, is actually not cool. I don't know if you guys knew that because it, it has got pre-constructs about how ladies behave. Mm. If you think about the term ladies and where it comes from, from a pre-colonial or from the colonial space, it's like these prim and proper, they never swear, they never smoke, 
they don't like sex. They they are just like these angels that men keep on the side and they come out wearing these big dresses every now and then. Mm. And by using the word ladies, you're already uh, attaching a label to a behavior. And when the, 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 the woman acts in a different way, it's like, oh, no, that's unladylike. So how can we call them ladies? You know what I mean? So even a label like that, even a label like females, it's like, okay, well, female what? You know, because there's female dogs, there's female cats, there's female... So if you call a woman a female, you are eradicating and removing her sense of identity and her uh, contribution yeah. and identity within society. And so, you know, I'm, I'm glad you raised the whole thing about language, but it's not as simple as just saying, well, let's stop using possessive language. It's about, okay, how do we understand this language a little bit more smartly so that we can attach our subconscious mind to the things that come out of our mouths? No, definitely, definitely. I think... There's a lot of relearning um, that we need to do, um, and I and I think as as um, one important thing that you mentioned oh. that there's a there's a there's a they, there's discomfort in the relearning, right? And we don't want to be you know um, be be disrupted from our privilege, you know. So we we need to you know disrupt ourselves and go and actually learn and and relearn, right? Um, and and I think as 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 we are we 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 are winding down, you know, the space. I just wanted us to touch on the money issue, right? I think we touched on it earlier on in terms of how it's represented with power, you know. But you know, in our in our in our country, there's a big pay disparity between gender and race, right? Um. So so, what are some of the ways, you know, and 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 yeah, and methods uh, that men can unlearn? to use their financial muscles to silence women right because of you we, we know you know when 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 there's a there's a there's a, a gbv case um if it's someone powerful someone rich you know the docket gets lost or, or something happens so how do we you know as young men and men trying to change the status quo you know um unlearn and relearn you know on on in terms of how not to use our financial muscles to silence women and even you know use our privilege you know to to come up with solutions um for gbv um, you know, with, with that, I mean, uh, it's, 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 it's a sad one because um, a lot of women, like a lot of guys with uh, money um, go for the ones with no money, ladies with no money, right? They know that the lady needs that money. One turn. That's why there's this thing um, that's happening around maybe Tavara Kema Vusu in the morning because they know for a study owner, I got some because negative challenge. So that's one thing. And like you said, when I Sam said, how do we do it? That is the question. And I would love uh, if you can touch and if you can touch on that. Yeah, you know, for me, this goes full circle. Yeah, when I look at myself and I and I try to define what is my divine purpose as a human being, but more specifically as a man, I've, I I grapple with 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 that. I I still haven't found that answer. And I think in my lived experience, the difference between men and women is that women have got a divine sense of purpose that they have from the moment that they're born. And part of that has to do with their ability to 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 make the world a better place. I, I've watched my daughter grow up, and it's almost like she has an innate ability to 
um, to be connected, to be nurturing, to be loving, to be caring. Um, and and as as men, I think something gets lost along the way. And the fact is, guys, yeah. no man is born angry and is born mm. abusive. Yeah. No man. At some point, something breaks. And when that thing breaks, it then starts to chip away at that sense of identity, which identity, which then creates what we know to be a perpetrator. But to tie it back to your to your question about money, the reason I'm talking about identity is I think men find identity in money, and money is a proxy for power. And and money can be used as anything else. It can be intellectual property. It can be physical property. It can be physical strength. It can be a house over your head. It can be anything that represents power. And what happens is because we do not have a sense of identity, we attach our identity to those things that give us power. And once we want to kind of um, assert our sense of identity, we then assert our power. That's why... You know, when a man feels touched on their studio, the first place they go is, do you know who I am? Mm. I am this person because I'm defined by these things. And therefore, when you start to interrupt the relationship I have with these things, that is when I become violent. Separate the man and his money and you're going to see a tiger. Separate Mm. the man and his power Mm. and you're going to see exactly the same thing. And so I think what is happening is that, you know, as men accumulate... Uh, based on this privilege that has been given to us by patriarchy, as we are, as we attach ourselves and we build this, you know, uh, repository of power and assets, we then distribute that power and use it as a sense of defining our self-worth and our self-esteem. But when we look deep inside, men are broken, men are empty, men have got no sense of divine purpose, and therefore, for as long as they don't have an answer for that, they will continue to at- attach their identity to to those things. And when they lose them, they find a different way to to have power. So when you lose your job, you beat your wife because your power is now in your fist. When you don't want to beat your wife, you go and you drink and you you know become this philandering person who is completely untrustworthy, etc. So I think you know that what what needs to happen from a change of space point of view is how do we change? How do we attach and give men? the path to identifying their divine purpose. That's the first thing. Mm. Number two, how do we reshape the relationship they have with power vis-a-vis um, resources or money? And then secondly, is once we've done that, how do we enable a space for the transfer of that power to happen and the transfer of that privilege to happen and the creation of new spaces where we're not having a competition uh, between ourselves and our women counterparts? Um, you know... I, I'm listening to you speak about the the, the relationship. You know, I, I in my in my heart of hearts. So ideally, when I am sorry, I keep going back to the series of work because I kept asking myself, what kind of man mutilates a woman with a gun or throws petrol on his family from his wife and his his children um, just to get out of a relationship? You know, a lot of a lot of the problem, the fundamental problem with men is they don't have a relationship with themselves. And because of that, they have they think that having relationships with money is going to substitute the idea of them having that relationship with themselves. The real power lies in you understanding who you are, redefining what happiness is to you, redefining what sadness is to you and then circumnavigating the world with that as a compass versus you 
you you um you know in the philippines i mean i that's why i've got the a statue of of uh babayan script the this uh the in the philippines a lot of filipinos have adopted other stores of culture and not their own the reason why is because they've been commu- they've been colonized so many times that they don't know who they are anymore and they're not willing to go back and understanding that the great thing about africans is that we we enjoy the idea of going back to seek what was wh- what our true identity is and that's what most men need to do in our country our country is filled with a lot of men that are not meant to have relationships with anybody but themselves first in order for because you know the thing is if you have a relationship with yourself then you are able to give unto others but if you don't have a relationship with yourself then you 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 you're bankrupting yourself emotionally mm-hmm. and because of that that's when you raise beasts that's when you you have no no value for life beyond yourself you know man so so when it comes down to the relationship with 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 power and all of these other places we need to start having relationships with ourselves first that's why we have to cuz ourselves and say instead of going to the club and deciding to go and find something to isolating oneself going back to the idea that you are treasure as a man you know when when women do that when women do that it's not just about women doing that it's them finding their identity men need to do the same thing we need to start seeing ourselves as treasure we need to and you know the thing about treasure treasure doesn't go looking for treasure treasure gets found and how you do that is by making sure that you are treasure first as an individual definitely thanks thanks for that leroy Um I think I'm just listening to the conversations that are happening and I'm introspecting. Um I'm introspecting and I I realize that I've got a lot of work to do, you know, myself, right? And and I think if we always keep on saying that the problem is out there, we will never be part of the solution, right? Because we never see ourselves as the problem, right? Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot of introsp- introspection that every one of us needs to do, like the men that are listening to this to the space. So, as as we close it out, gents, I just wanted to take final words um from each and every one of you. You know, um I I know, you know, when whenever a a a case or um um GBV, you know, trends on Twitter, you know, I think most of the guys and even I've said this, you know, that gents we need to do better. So, what what more can we do than rather just say that gents we need to do better because i think we've been saying that for so many years um and the better is not coming you know we're not seeing you know that light at the end of the tunnel so wh- what can we do really to 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 you know to contribute to this fight against gbv as we close up the space should i start go for it okay so i think the first thing is that you know we like you said sam we have to start with ourselves you know for the longest time i you know the the my sister's words always ring in the back of my head when i think about the the things that i'm saying that i'm that, that the words i'm using the the actions that i am i'm creating that gives space gives um gives a safe space for 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 the perpetuation of femicide and rape how does that all equal out how do i make somebody feel safe in 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 every other in in all the in all the environments that i'm in then from there then i can work backwards and say okay cool you know what um i i understand that my problem now lies it's not with myself anymore but now it's about the culture that i'm i'm placed in how do i now de- uh, denounce and as- disassociate myself from 
from the type of culture that I don't want to see the future of my country living in. Because that's what we're, we're, we're standing up and the voice and the, the, the reason why we're having this conversation is because we want to see this is a cancer and this is a war against women. If we can, can, if we can easily show other males and our friends, our family, our fathers, you know, our uncles, even kuza them, you know what I mean? And speak to them and say, stand up to my own, our own, uh, the, the, the people that have given this, this toxic way of thinking. And it's our own family members. We have to stand up for them and start making the change within our family. Going into f- uh, family functions and not joining the men. Starting, starting our conversations within the, ch- the kitchen and cleaning the, the, the kitchen and helping making sure that the people that have arranged everything there get seen as, uh, as the, the true heroes that they are in our nation. And, you know, the, the, you know as much as we've, we, we haven't really completely identified our place I personally have given myself a position as as a cisgender male. I told myself that my only purpose in life is to serve the altar at at, at a woman's altar, no matter what age, what what race, where, what whatever um whatever position. I would always have to serve at the altar and and let them come first, and then from there I'll follow. Kapo, the Um. Guys, I just, want, I, just, I just want to say something before, you know, I, I get, you know, I say to uh, the people who are listening here, guys, you know, how, you know, the protection of a woman is very, very important. A woman is scared. Mabanya was with... Um, Let's stop using uh, our also. It's not our woman, they Campo. Just say woman. You know, gender must fall. I, I even just say people. Just say human beings. Protection of everybody. Not our. Take out our. When I, when I, when I say our, I say everybody. Yeah. So Nagara, we need to protect them, guys. Yes. You know, Maban, uh, one of um, my friend's daughters, she was scared to go to um, the garage. And I said, why? Because they don't feel protected, guys. Yeah? And number two, no, I'm gonna tell you the the one here, uh, my 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 brother's daughter, who who was raped in Pretoria, mm. and we opened up a case, and when we opened up the case, the person was arrested. That mm. guy, um, took a towel and put it in my sister, my little sister's mouth, mm. and raped her with the he had a hammer in his hand. He was arrested. I came back. He was in Joburg. I was in Joburg, and then they called me. Said that person is out of jail. Because they say there's no evidence. Mm. How do we protect them, guys? How do we protect? How? That is the question I always ask myself. Like, how? If the people who are supposed to protect them mm. are the ones taking out the thieves out, the people that we complain to are the ones who are helping the thieves out. Yeah, so you know, I just want to say quickly that you know part of my the reason why I wanted to try and have this exhibition at the constitutional court is because we need to change the constitution. I believe that we need to put the guns, guns, the the people that can give life in this continent must be the the only ones that that get given the privilege of taking life as well. Tebza, last yeah. words before we close off the space. Um, yeah. How can we go um, further? Last, last words. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I see myself as Project A, as I said. I think it starts with me. Mm. Um, I am continuously in my being. Um, I, I contribute to the fear and pain that exists in the world. And therefore, on a daily basis, I'm looking at opportunities to stay engaged um, and to do the work on myself. Um, part of that is about having these conversations, listening to other people um, and what their life experiences are about and to continue to sit in the space, no matter how tiring it gets. Mm. You know, I, I, I've been scared before. Sometimes, you know, you wake up in the morning, you hear a noise downstairs and your heart is in your throat, your stomach is tight. And mm. I just take that moment and I'm like, imagine living life like this. Mm. I'm just scared now to go downstairs and to go and see if there's a, somebody downstairs. Mm. But imagine waking up and going to bed feeling like that every single day of your life for for like for for, for e- forever that that as a as a life experience is torture it's traumatic it's horrible and so wherever i go and whichever space i occupy i ask myself what kind of contribution am i making in the space that i'm sitting and that is my body language how i'm speaking to people how i'm connecting with the space also, I think we mustn't be too romantic about how, the type of impact we can have with the world. I think there's so many broken men who are so damaged and so violent that there's still quite a lot of work that has to happen at an individual level. So I try to maintain things within my sphere of control and influence. And those are the friends and family and colleagues that I kind of keep within my space. And Dope Black Dads and the Dope Black community is one of those communities where we are constantly cha- challenging and testing whether or not we are raising the standard of the type of men we are being. Mm. That idea of raising the standard is absolutely important. On a daily basis, when you put your head down in your pillow after the day, you must ask yourself, what type of man was I today? Mm. And if you can rest with your head and say, I did a decent job today, hopefully those choices that you make accumulate and they become aggregated and we start to have a positive impact over the long term. The last one, which has been raised by both uh, Leroy um, and and Capo is the idea of leveraging our privilege to serve and to protect. The fact of the matter is that patriarchy is not going to be dismantled anytime soon. So the relationship that we have with our privilege means that we can use it for something. You know, we've got access to network capital, to money, to people, Mm. to Mm. spaces. We must use that access and this patriarchy that we have for the benefit of, of, of other people outside of ourselves. And if we can do that and, and live that selfless sense of existence, I think therein might we find our divine purpose. Mm, mm. Definitely, definitely. Thanks, thanks for that, Tabo. Yes, um, Janine, I know you said you don't want to speak, um, but I just wanted to take last words before we close off the space. And even um, if there are ladies on the space who want to comment, you know, um, you've been listening to us for the past hour or so, um, so that we can also give you an opportunity. Um, as Janine is speaking, just please request um, and then we'll give you an opportunity. Janine, I don't know if you want to say anything. I know you, you have been listening. Yeah. Yeah. Can you? Hello, Janine, you're on mute. Can you just unmute? Can you hear me? Yeah, it's uh, it's broken slightly. We yeah, sorry. Is that a network thing? 
Okay, I think as we wait for Janine, um, maybe to sort out the network issue, Nonzi, I see you've been in, able to be a speaker. I don't know if you want to say anything. Go for it. Yes, thanks, Sam. Um, thanks for hosting the space uh, together with Standard Bank. So I just my observation, right, is the voices that are missing from the space are the voices of the communities. Um, and, and that's people in places such as Marikana, Dipslut, Alexandra, because we know that's where those areas really have the highest uh, in the country, right? Not that it, it doesn't happen, of course, in the affluent suburbs as well, but I think really um, just a call that I have to Standard Bank and maybe to you, Sam, as well, that as you think about these bases, um, I don't know if you're planning on hosting more of these, but just to reach out to um, members of communities because yeah. they are community-based organizations, right, that are doing this work, uh, that are trying to fight against GBV, but some of them can't even be in spaces like this because they don't even have um, one gig of data. Mm. So maybe if you and Standard Bank maybe could avail funds just to just one person from Alexandra, one person from Dipslut, and say we're giving you one gig of data just to be in the space. And we hear because those are critical voices from the communities. Um, th that's my uh, contribution. Thank you, Sam. Thank you for that. Really appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, you. You you are so right when it comes to the the voices. But you know what I've realized after doing a lot of work in all these rural areas because I work for a lot of organizations and I I travel across the country and across the continent. I I daily, you know, where we stand in in Joburg and South Africa just generally is a, from a very affluent. Uh, influential point of view if we can start speaking about how movies can inter interpret this how how conversations happen on on, on maybe it might be on a very surface level but how it affects those communities in those neighborhoods is ma massively amplified when it goes from when it goes from um you know somebody like a Capone to to you know to Tibucho, to all these different people that are that whole position of power. That's how a lot of these these messages actually f get fed into communities to to identify that this is a massive problem. We just need to sing, uh, use use the, the the position as as um as a, a positive point of view to make those changes i mean that's why i'm so happy that standard bank an organization that has never that has stood has ex extended their neck really against something like this a lot of other places like um, all the other organizations they will just only fire somebody based on the the accusations but they wouldn't really say anything against these uh, or stand up against these these issues um the the other thing that that I also wanted to touch on is that the usage of your your pen, your pad, your 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 hashtag. These things are powerful and they do make a difference in the spaces. You can be an activist in your own right, and it's important for you to make your stand wherever you are and and give your contribution. Um, you know, when we've all come from we've all come from somewhat privileged places. That's why we have a great accent, and we've always seen that the communities that were built 
were people there in that live in that community, not extension extensions of themselves or or messages that they send. It's it's really ideally it starts with ourselves and then our friends, then our family, and then it grows from there. Definitely, definitely. But thank you, Nonzi, for the suggestion. Definitely, when we do have these spaces again, we'll we'll be looking to diversify um, the panel. So appreciate you for that. Um, is it uh, Bongiwe? Um, I see you requested to speak. And give you an opportunity. Um, good afternoon, guys. Um, host and I mean the co-host. Uh, I'm so glad that that bank actually the bank that I bank with is participating in this, and uh, I'm so proud of you. Even though today I was trying to call you and I couldn't reach you, but it's fine. We are here today. I'm glad that you guys are are, are dealing with this because you know what? Um, the speaker that you spoke said it also it, it affects women also in the poverty areas. Let me tell you, this gender-based violence has no um area that it affects the most. It's everywhere in South Africa. It's everywhere in South Africa, whether you're poor or you are whatever, you get affected somehow, whether it's your family member whether it's your cousin, whether it's somebody that you related to, whether it's your siblings, whether it's you per person, you've been victimized. For me personally, I think that men in South Africa, they do really need to do something about it. It's it's something that we women, there's nothing that we can do. It starts with you men, it starts with you guys, it starts with you teaching your sons when you're a father that, mm. you know what, mm. a woman's yeah. body is not your your platform you you can, you know what i mean it starts with us teaching the kids and making sure that they learn that uh, like their girlfriends are not their property it, that's a human being mm-hmm. you should do right by them and all of that so i think that that's where this needs to be because we as women we can speak as much as we want when change doesn't come from the people that are victimizing women or whoever because of course, it's not just a man. It's not just women thing as well. There are women who are abusing men. Not forgetting that, but it needs to be taught, and they they need to be a change that needs to happen. Mostly in South Africa, let me tell you, I am so scared of home right now. For a person who doesn't stay in South Africa, who's a fully South African, I'm so afraid of home. I'm so afraid that even when I have to work with my daughter in South Africa, I've said this on other spaces, she needs to change the way she dresses. Otherwise. She's going to be bullied and pointed at because she's wearing like short mini pants. She's, go- she's going to be wearing like the other kids in Europe. But as soon as I have to go back in South Africa and deal with these issues, I'm so scared because I have to tell my daughter, please, you have to change your outfit. This is not how you're going to have to get dressed when you get home. You need to change how you dress. And it's so frustrating for my kids because they don't understand that we are in a country where everything is okay and it's free and right people's rights are taken care of and then when I get home it's a different story I'm even scared of walking in the street and it's not that I'm scared of animals it's human beings so I'm so grateful for this I'm so grateful for this platform thank you Senator Bank thank you Sam thank you guys for having this um, Hair Voice initiative because we need to talk about these things and South Africa is like a mess right now Thanks for for your for your input, Bongiwe. Really, really, we really hear we really hear you, and you know we 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 really want to be the change that we want to see as men. Um, and hopefully we can have more of these conversations. But it can go, you know, beyond conversations. Um, I really think that you know one of the things you know probably maybe that irks me, you know, is is when we we turn 
crisis into you know marketing opportunities right where we speak about certain things just you know for marketing purposes right and i think that you know gbv it's turning into that where you know because of its 16 days of activism you know everybody's speaking about it but i think that these should be daily conversations these should be you know embedded in our daily lifestyle so that we can change you know as as men and, and change um where our country is headed you know concerning this gbv crisis so thanks for that Mongue. um i'm gonna hand over to lerato but before i hand over to lerato janine um can you try maybe because I, I i do know you wanted to say something maybe try um before we give lerato an opportunity janine my my Ooh, i think your network is still giving you issues um okay lerato um the mic is yours if you can just unmute all right thank you very much sam and uh, thank you to standard bank as well for making the space possible and thank you to all the other speakers who spoke uh during the space uh, particularly the males who spoke uh it's very encouraging to hear men speaking the in the manner that you guys are speaking today because Earlier on on the timeline, uh, we had a conversation about how mothers are supposed to raise their sons. And I am a mother of two sons as well. And my question was, where are the fathers? Why not you parents? Why mothers raise your sons well? You know, the moment we start alienating dads from this entire picture, then how are we expected to win as women only, you know? And that was the conversation that was happening on the TL. Uh, so for for the sake of time, Sam, in your space right now, I just want to make a few short points and not elaborate much on them, just to give us some, to, some things to think about. I think the socialization of our children, let it start from a young place. Uh, how we socialize girl children as opposed to boy children from home, and also in our communities where we live, uh, let, let it begin there. I think the standards and just the moral fiber which we build from a very young age, it comes in, in very different and unequal standards, which then, uh, you know, like like it was mentioned by one of your speakers earlier on, men don't are, are not just born angry or born with this um uh, sense of entitlement over women is something that is slowly socialized and installed in them as they grow up. And who is society? That's the thing. Every time we have these conversations, we're always quoting society this, society that. But who is society? We are the society. So let's not remove ourselves from that. And we cannot uh, talk about implementation when we remove the responsibility from ourselves, whether it's family or community-based. There are men in townships that are being socialized to forcefully go and, and, and approach women. And it's being praised as some sort of a, a power thing, you know. And that is now suddenly when this man finds himself alone with a woman, we expect him to understand when a lady says no. But that same behavior is being praised in other circles, you know. So that is where the problem is. We're dealing with a bunch of, 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 of men who were socialized as boys that don't take no from a woman. But then later on, our messaging, whether we're doing it as corporate entities or organizations or even in the media, our messaging does not evolve. And this is where I have a problem with. We've been having 16 days of GBV uh, for years now, but the tone of our messaging has not changed. 
we have been creating awareness. Uh, rape is there, you know, violence is there, femicide is there. We know that now. So what next? A lot of our uh, things are not solution-based. Can we um, sort of evolve the messaging that we bring onto the people? Okay, now we've created awareness that this thing is out there. What do we do now? You know, so, and, and also importantly, as we deal with the males, can we also redefine masculinity for our boys? You know, because a lot of the time the men find the masculinity in their fists and, and, and like one of your speakers mentioned, in the size of their pockets and all that. And most of the times we're dealing with fragile masculinity, really. So let's redefine masculinity for the men and, 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 and then we take it from there, you know. And I know there's a whole lot to be done. And I probably have a lot to say, but it, it is the, it's really um, an accumulation of the very little things that has gotten us to where we are. And also, I think the inability to not really address some of these things as they come up and wait for somebody to die or to cry or to lament before we move. And the people who fail us the most, mostly are those that we look up to who are meant to, to, to protect us, which is our families, because they're the first people to not believe us. Mm. Our churches, uh, you know, and, and, and before it even goes to the system, our families are the very people that don't believe the victims. And uh, earlier on, you mentioned that uh, we, we, we protect the perpetrators, right? But sometimes you'd be surprised, Sam, that it could be my family. Let's assume I'm the victim now. And my family may not even know the oppressor that much. But the first instinct is to assume... Uh, to protect the perpetrator instead of the, the daughter who they know very well. Families are failing us. Our churches are failing us. We are uh, protecting people of the cloth or whatever. You know, we're protecting people of certain status in society over our children. You know, and that is what silences a lot of us. It's not that we don't want to say, which addresses the question, why did you keep quiet for so long? I mean, if people that you look up to on the daily do not believe you. What makes you think strangers are going to believe you out there? You know, before we even go to the justice system. But for the benefit of time, I understand that it's not a platform. I just want to say thank you. But I believe that these conversations, as you've had them today, let's not stop at the awareness part. Let it be a cycle of, you know, some evol evolution. In education, in life, everything is a cycle. And for every thesis to work out or to be proven successful, there has to be proof of whatever it is that you're instilling to be working. But our government, our organizations, and everybody else who comes up with these messaging every year, does anyone ever come back to find out if this messaging is reaching the people, firstly? And secondly, if they are hearing us and are they implementing this? There's never a follow-up, you know? And, and and I think that's how we can maybe perhaps change the men and we should do our messaging. Our movies, we know by now that there's something called GBV. I think some of our local uh, telenovelas are also covering GBV. But that's, that, that is as far as it goes. This is what happens. A man can beat a woman and da-da-da-da. Uh, they are now just relating to us the realities of our lives. However, nobody's coming to say this is what you can do differently. And I think that's where we can move to. As we're trying to re-socialize uh, our children, let's also try to reshape the modeling in which we send out the messaging out there. Thank you very much. Wow, Lerato. Wow. You have categorically have put everything into such 
in such great perspective. Um, you know, and like you said, you know, there is this this conversation doesn't have to end here once we end this Twitter the space. Um, you know, the continue the continuation of this conversation can be used by using the hashtag hear her voice. So we can continue having this. Cause I know even when we are sitting in our car leaving uh the studio now, we're probably going to go back yeah. and and and, ha- and continue this conversation. But I just wanted to add, you know, keeping having Having safe space for men to to um, to really be in an emotional space is also going to help bring about the re- the reform that we need. You know, making sure that um, making sure that our mental health is a huge part of our our development um, for the ones that exist. For the kids that are growing up, you're right. We definitely need to make sure that um, we we need the, the 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 inequality needs to be addressed immediately right there and then. But yeah, awesome. Um, I think it, it is quite evident um, that this topic is very multi-dimensional. Um, we will never exhaust it with with the time that we have been given. So really appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you for for giving us your ears. Thank you for giving us the attention. Thank you for the men that have really joined. Um, hopefully this has sparked something in you. You know, to be the change that you want to see. Really appreciate Leroy, uh, my co-host for today. I appreciate also Teboho and Kapo. Um, and apologies to Vusi. I know he's been having network issues. And just to say, you know, the views that have been presented on this space, they are not those of Standard Bank. They are of our personal capacity. Um, and I do believe that, you know, Standard Bank, you know, values these conversations a lot. And that is why they're bringing it to the fourth. And I know that we'll probably have more conversation, you know, around GBV because there are a lot of, you know, things that we'll need to, you, you know, we need to dig down and really speak about and, and get, you know, um, diversify in terms of our, our panel. So thank you very much to everyone. Um, really appreciate you guys. Enjoy your evening and enjoy your, 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 your weekend. Please, let's continue the conversation on Standard Bank ZA and hashtag hear her voice. Um, really was a pleasure um, and I've learned a lot. Thank you very much.